Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome. Today's episode is about time management. And we're really going to be focusing on time management as it relates to mind management. There's a couple reasons as to why. The first reason is because it is the foundations of how we manage our time. If our mind is not in sync, if we're not managing our mind, then it does not matter what strategies, tricks, tips, tools we use to manage our time. It will not work because you always have to have your mind in place where you need it to be in a managed state to be able to manage your time. You can't use a tool. You can't tool your way out of an unmanaged mind when it comes to time. You have to have your mind under control. And so that's why this podcast, we are starting with time management as it relates to mind management. And the other reason that that's the main focus here is because time management, the tool part, not the mind part, but the tool part will look different depending on whether you are working within a company or whether you are more of an entrepreneur running your own business. And so those are separate episodes really in and of themselves. So for today, we're really just focusing on time management with that foundation core piece. And that will work for you whether or not you are working in a corporation for for a company or whether you are working for yourself as an entrepreneur. All right, before we get into the thick of all of the content, we will start with a work win. As a reminder, our work wins is the way for us to see how other people, clients of mine, are making massive change in their work. They're figuring out how to show up for themselves and how to do their work in their way. And you can use these wins as evidence that it can be done. If they can do it, then you can do it too. And today I want to share a win from a recent client of mine. And this win has to do with how she approaches her business. So this client of mine has her own business that she runs, and she is also starting a new new, uh, way of doing this business, a new approach to it. And what she was realizing is when she was feeling inspired, and in flow and creative and fun ideas would just come to her and she was able to share them and get a lot of feedback and people were stopping her on the streets telling her hey are you so and so I recognize your work and they were letting her know how she was helping them change their lives so this is such evidence of how when we as entrepreneurs let ourselves be heard we make an impact Even if we don't see it, even if people aren't stopping us on the streets, it's hard for us to really know the amount of impact we have. And and we don't really even need to know. We just need to do our work in our way so that it can be heard. And so this client 
through working together, has learned how to show up for her. And as we were coaching, one of the things that came up in a recent session was, I feel like I should get more business-like, like she needed more structure and strategy. But through coaching, what she found out is when thinking I need to be more business-like, she would not work on her business. She would get caught up in the idea of what does that look like? What does that mean? What's the way we should be doing it? How should a business look? And it stopped her from taking action in her business. It's kind of ironic because you would think thinking about how your business should look would lead you to creating that business. But in this case, because of how that thought made her feel, it stopped her from moving forward, stopped her from taking action. And so through coaching, what was discovered was for her, it's not about focusing on how business should be done. It's about creating the energy, that space that she's in that inspires her to do her business. And yes, strategy helps and matters, but not from the place of strategy alone. We need to start with how we feel. Truly, we do. And we don't think that that's important because it doesn't sound very businessy or logical, but it really is the most important thing. Because when you feel like a business person, not in the way that society tells us business should feel, but in a way where you feel genuinely aligned with what you're sharing, who you are, and what you're doing, whether it's in a business or in your role at a company. When you are aligned with that energetically and you're feeling that way, the strategy will naturally follow. It'll just come to you. You'll build it from that energy, but the energy must come first. You can't use the strategy to create the energy. The energy creates the strategy. So through working together, this client was able to see that. This is such evidence of how our brain plays tricks on us. So I want for you to think about your own role. Are you focused so much on the strategy that you're losing sight of the energy to create that strategy? If you are, I want you to take a moment to think about the energy that feels like you, the energy that is you in your business or in your work, doing it in your way, inspired from this place of connection with you. That's where I want you to be when you think about your strategy and when you think about doing your work. If this is something you want help with, this is what I help my clients with all the time. So reach out to me, send me a note, sign up for a consult, and we can talk about how to do this for you with your works. You can show up from this energy too. All right. So that is our win. Congratulations to my client for showing up in big ways, being there for herself and finding that energy so she can show up and inspire and make an impact and you can have this too. One big part of it is our time management abilities. (laughs) And so when I think about time management, I immediately picture like putting on my reading glasses. Well, I don't actually have reading glasses, but this is what I picture. Putting on glasses, taking out my pencil, getting out a notebook, and like taking dubious notes and all the tools for the, the system of how to do it. And yes, a system matters, but I want you to Put down the notebook for a second, and I want to talk about time management with our mind. Here's what I find happens. We approach 
time management from the place of action for getting the energy and mindset that will most help us. We try to use tools when we really need to use a new energetic approach. So in this podcast, I will teach you how to get into an energetic place that allows you to use your mind in a way that will help you manage your time. So the first thing I want to do is I want you to think about how you feel when you think about managing time. Is it frantic? Is it busy? Is it inspired? Is it productive? Is it hesitant? Is it unsure? Is it wishy-washy? What, what feeling comes to mind when you think about time management? For a lot of my clients, they get into a feeling of busyness and they start to spin almost in their head. And if you could see me, what you would see is I have my hands up by my forehead and my fingers are moving really fast, kind of like there's a buzzing energy up in front of my forehead. And that's where our energy is often when we're managing our time. But when our energy is up there in the spin of our head and we're trying to manage our time from that place, it's really hard to get anything done because we're too in our own head and in our ego and in our mind and we're not in our soul or aligned with our inner wisdom. We need to get out of that energy. What I like to tell my clients to do is to imagine getting behind the energy that they're currently in. If they're in that buzziness, I want them to imagine taking their own focus away from being in front of their forehead and all of that busyness to being behind their head. It's almost like you sit behind yourself and look through your own head. You're not up in the front of your forehead with all your energy, then you're behind it. You're literally behind yourself. I want you to imagine literally putting your focus behind yourself and looking out through your body. It would be like, You, your energetic you, takes a seat behind the physical body of you and stares through the physical body of you to get a perspective. That's what I want this to be like. You remove yourself from the buzz that's in the front of your head and your forehead to being behind you. And that lets you get out of the busyness, the flustering aspects that there can be when you're up in your forehead area of energy and lets you create more space to choose how you want to use your time. So I want you to visualize that. What I also want you to do is imagine just taking deep exhales in through your nose and now exhale deeply. And as you do that, imagine moving your energy out of the forehead to being seated behind yourself, looking through you. This creates a space of mental clarity. This creates the space for us to see ourselves as we manage our time. Now what I want to talk about is separating out our facts about time from the way we see it. Because when it comes to things that we have to get done, the actual thing to get done is the fact. This is the item on my to-do list. This is the task at hand. This is the goal that I set. Those are all facts. But our thoughts and our feelings, that's the drama we wrap up in our time. This is what makes time management so difficult for so many of us is we start to identify with the thoughts as truth instead of seeing them as just the drama within ourselves. 
Because the fact, that's what truly is or is not happening. It's our actions without any interpretation with it. It's the external situation that we're in. But our thoughts, oh, our thoughts, those are subjective. It's the hyperbole. It's the justifying language. It's our idea of what it looks like. It's the meaning we give to the actions, not the action itself. It's our internal experience. And if you are having some thoughts about time management coming up for you now, then what you can do right now during this podcast is you can get a piece of paper out and you can separate your facts from your thoughts. So what I'd want you to do is think of a specific thing that you have to do. And I want you to write down all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, all of the facts, everything that comes to mind to you about that thing. And for the sake of this podcast, I do think it would help to focus on how do you feel about the timing of it all and your time related to that thing. Get it all out. Write it down. That lets you see what's going on in your head. And then once you do that, you're going to go back through it and you're going to separate the facts from everything else. So an example of this, if you were to go and do this, your fact would be something like, I have not started. That's a fact because it's totally action related. There's no drama around what that means. There's no language making it really extreme into a subjective perspective. No, it's just what's the status. The status is I have not started. Great, that's the fact. The thought about it, there isn't enough time. Or if you had said, I can't believe I haven't started. Those have emotions interwoven within it. That makes them the drama. We got to separate the drama from the facts. And I'll tell you what to do with it next, but first you have to separate them out. Another example, a fact would be my goal is to complete the outline by the end of the week. Yes, I get that you set the goal, so in a way it's your thought, but if you have that goal, you can see it, you write it down, it's now the fact. That is the goal you set. Complete the outline by the end of the week. The thought about it, I don't know if I have enough time. I'm already behind. I'm not sure what to put in the outline. There's too much to do to get it done. This will be easy to do. It won't be hard. This goal is so manageable for me. I have no idea how I'm going to get this done. Those are all the drama, the thoughts, the feelings, and around with them, the internal situation. Another example. The fact is I'm giving myself four hours. Why is that a fact? Because it's a decision you made. When you decide something, it's your decision. It's something that's been done. We can think of it as a happening or occurrence. It's been decided. So we can think of that as a fact. The thought might be, it will take at least four hours. That's a thought. We can tell because it has uh, some subjective language that at least four hours in there. It isn't saying that I'm giving it four hours. It's saying, well, this is what I think will happen. We don't really know. It's different than making the decision to give it four hours. That's why it will take at least four hours is the thought, whereas the fact is I'm giving myself four hours. I'm going to give you one last example. If you have a to-do list, the items on your to-do list 
Those are facts. But what needs to go on the to-do list? That's your thoughts. So if you have XYZ on the to-do list, the fact is those are on the to-do list. The thought is that you need to do them. You put those items on the to-do list. Maybe that was a decision you made, so you decided to put them there, and then that's a fact. But I want you to even look at the to-do list and see the things on there as thoughts. Unless you've actively chosen, yes, this is what I'm going to do, the decision as your fact, otherwise they're all thoughts, just thoughts. And we want to separate this out because it helps us to see our power. We can't always influence the facts. Sometimes we can. We can change our decision. But often we can't because the facts are often external. They have to do with other people or they have to do with something that happened in the past. Like how far you've gotten on something. Has, that, that's, that's the past. That's where you're at now based on what you've done in the past. You can't change that. You can't go back in time and make it different. So that's the fact. Not changeable. But your point of power is in the way you approach it. If you haven't started yet, that's the fact. Great. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to use my time in a way that's helpful. I'm going to figure this out. Those are your thoughts about it. That's you in the present now. And those are all things you can influence and change now. So we want to know our facts from our thoughts when it comes to time management because it shows us where our power of influence is. The next thing I want to offer to you. Now, I just noticed my dog, Pirate, he's a cute little corgi, is here with me and he is snoring. So I hope that that does not come up in the recording. Uh, Please forgive if it does. Okay, what's next? You've written your facts and you've written your thoughts down, right? And you've separated them out. I want you to look at it. And I want you to ask yourself, Three questions. This will help you with your time. The first question is What can I eliminate? This is a great opportunity for you to look at that to do list. Are those things on that to do list that you had decided to do that you could actually eliminate? The thought, I have to do this thing, is in your mind. You could choose otherwise. Is there a way you can eliminate it? Is it possible it's not that important? Second question I want you to answer. What is a quick fix? Is there a way to make this simpler? And the reason I I ask this question is because from personal experience, the way my mind often works is it finds the most complicated answer first. And then if I'm stuck in the busy spin energy, that front of my forehead energy, I'll execute on that plan, which is the most complicated plan. It could be so much easier, but I never asked myself that question and I never dropped out of the frantic energy to do it. So what this question of what's the quick fix or how can I make this simpler does is it gives us the opportunity to eliminate the unnecessaries and to streamline and make things smoother. This doesn't mean you have to half do anything or that you give up quality entirely. But it does mean that there's often a simpler way, but we don't ask us the question. So I want you to look at what you wrote for your facts about what you're going to be doing. And I want you to ask yourself, okay, where's there a quick fix opportunity here? 
For instance, if I think I need to first research for three hours, then outline notes from that, then summarize those notes, then create my slides, and then practice the talk, and then give the presentation, that's maybe a complicated way. Maybe a simpler way is I come up with the outline and I first, and then I just research a couple missing points. That's way more streamlined than researching everything under the sun about that topic, which was my first approach. See the streamlined nature of that? See how much simpler it can be? I want for you to believe that there's always a simpler solution available. We just need to ask. Asking what's the quick fix or what is simpler can help you find it. The third question, where's the fun? Where's the fun? If you're looking at all of the things that you wrote down and all of the sounds not fun, boring, awful, stressful, then we need to make some changes. Find a way to build in fun. It could be taking the tasks you already have and making them fun by reminding yourself of why they matter or by putting on some fun music as you do it or by singing aloud along the way or by wearing certain outfits that make you feel good as you are doing the work. It might also be adding in fun tasks. And I'll I'll talk about that in a minute about the way to approach scheduling. We'll get there. But for now, I just want you to think about fun tasks to be added in. And there is a reason for fun. One, because fun is fun. But sometimes for us who are really uh, high achievers, we don't think that's enough of a reason. (laughs) I assure you it is enough of a reason. But if you are skeptical and you want more of a reason, then here it is. When we are feeling good, which is what fun helps us do, when we're in that energy, we are more explosive in our energy in a good way. So when you are feeling good and having fun, your energy is vibrating at a higher level to the point where you're able to access new ideas, think more clearly in a whole new way, solve problems that you couldn't have solved otherwise because you were in a higher vibrational state. The fun creates productivity. Fun leads to productivity because the energy of fun allows you to be more productive because of the force, the fierceness, the excitement, the attractiveness energetically that it creates in you. So fun is not just about having fun, though that is enough of a reason. Fun is also about the productivity. You can do the same amount and maybe half the time when you do it from a place of fun, when you do it from a place of inspired, when you do it from a place of feeling good. So that is why we ask ourselves, where's the fun? And we're always focused on creating more of it. Okay. So that is how you can help yourself approach your time differently. And I want to take this even a layer deeper because at this point, you've seen the facts you have to do and you've seen your thoughts and some of the feelings and drama you have around it. But sometimes that isn't enough for us to understand why it's so crucial, so important for us to use our mind to manage our time. And so here's why. 
Here's why we need a managed mind for our time. Our mindset around what we do determines how successful we are at doing those things because of how that mindset makes us feel. So if we're coming from a world where we're thinking there isn't enough time or that we're already behind or that there's no way we can do it, or if we're in a world where we're feeling overwhelmed, what happens? Well, our mindset determines our feelings and our feelings represent and magnify or shift our mindset. So if we think there isn't enough time and we feel anxious because of that, those feelings, that anxiety creates what we do. What do you do when you feel anxious because you think there isn't enough time? Well, you might start and then stop because you feel frantic, like you have to get it all done. And then you think, but there isn't enough time. Oh my God, where do I start? I don't even know. So you completely stop. You get fearful. You procrastinate. And you're probably not planning when you're feeling anxious because you think there's not enough time because in your mind, there's not enough time to get the thing done. So there's definitely not enough time to plan. So when you feel anxious because of your mindset, you don't plan and you don't strategize, which means you're running around frantically trying to get it all done without any sort of direction for yourself. So what your result ends up being is you don't have enough time. Why? Because you thought you didn't have enough time. You made that come true. It's the self-fulfilling prophecy. How we think impacts the way we feel and how we feel transforms our next thoughts. It's like a loop. I think there isn't enough time. I feel anxious. I notice my anxiety and I think, oh my God, I really am running out of time here. And I think, oh my God, I'm really running out of time here. And now my anxiety turns to panic. I feel panicked. And then I think there is no way this will get done. And I feel that way, or I think that thought, and then I end up feeling panicked, anxious, and defeated. Those feelings determine what we do. We're always trying to move towards pleasure, away from pain, and to conserving energy when we're in our reactive state. When we're in a reactive state, our feelings dictate our energy. Yes, there are things we can do from a coaching ourselves perspective to get over this, and that is what I help my clients with. I help them not have their feelings have to dictate what they do. I help them process their emotions so that they don't run their life. Instead, they're in charge of their life. So if you want help with that, contact me. Set up your consult. Let's talk. Now, for the sake of this podcast, here's what we want to look at. I just shared how your mindset leads to your feelings, which then leads to your mindset. And it's this endless loop that you're feeling then that you have from all of that looping. The feeling you have from all of that determines what you do and don't do. And those actions lead to the results you get. This is why time management is not about the tools. Because where do tools fit in? Where do tactics and strategies fit in? Well, those are the actions that you're taking. The way that you schedule, how you schedule, what you do with that, those are all actions. It does not matter if you have, you can have the best actions in the world, the best tools in the world, but if you are implementing them from a place of constant stress and overwhelm, 
long-term, you're not going to be very successful at that because you'll either not get it done or you'll get it done, but you'll burn yourself out in the process and won't be able to maintain it long-term. You might even make yourself physically, emotionally, mentally ill from it. Burnout is a real thing. And it happens not because we don't have the right tools to manage our time, but because we are feeling overwhelmed. We're feeling overwhelmed because of how we're approaching our time. And yes, we could eliminate some of our tasks. And I do think that helps. I really do. But we can't do that alone because the feeling can still be there even if we have less to do. Have you ever noticed how if you have too much to do, in your mind, you think you have too much to do, you feel overwhelmed. But if you feel like you don't have anything to do, you still feel kind of overwhelmed because you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I have so much time. I don't know how to fill it. We, we often fear boredom. So we pack our schedules full or we let our bosses pack our schedules full so that we can avoid that boredom because we'd rather feel stressed than bored. Because at least with stress, we can have a sense of importance and something to do. Boredom can be even more terrifying. So a lot of the time, our issues with time have to do more with our fear of boredom or fear of something else that's stopping us than they actually have to do with the amount of time we have in our schedule. So here's what I want you to do. If you notice you are feeling overwhelmed about your time or lack of time, I want you to ask yourself, why do I feel this way? That simple question will give you a clue as to where your mindset is. And you've, you've already probably uncovered it if you did the first exercise we talked about today where you wrote down how you were thinking and, and feeling about a specific situation as it relates to time. You probably already have an idea of what that is. It can look like I don't have enough time. I'm already behind. There's too much to do. I don't have a clear sense of my priorities. I don't know what to do next. It's impossible to get this all done. If I work hard, I can probably make this happen. Those are all examples. You need to know why you feel the way you feel. If you feel anxious, why? If you feel stressed, why? If you feel empowered, why? Always ask yourself why and you'll see how you're thinking about your time. So what you need to do once you know how you're thinking about your time and how you're feeling about your time is take back your power. You might not be able to shift everything on your to-do list and you might not be able to control what other people ask of you to do. But you can start by changing the way you feel and the way you think. This is not about positive affirmations. I believe in using your mind and your energy specifically to help yourself forward, but not from a positive affirmation approach. Because what happens with positive affirmations is we try to put on a thought that we can't feel. I only want you to use thoughts that can feel good to you right now. So a positive affirmation might look like there's plenty of time. But if that thought sounds good but doesn't feel good, if you think there's plenty of time 
and you feel unsure, then that thought will not help you because it creates a feeling of unsureness and our actions are determined by how we feel. If you feel unsure, even while thinking there's plenty of time, if you feel unsure, you're still going to be hesitant and it's going to impact your actions and results. So instead, you want to look for thoughts that already feel slightly good to you or less worse than you're currently feeling that you can already believe in. So if you're currently thinking there isn't enough time and you're feeling anxious, what I want for you to do is instead of trying to force yourself to believe there's plenty of time, I want you to think something like, it's possible there's enough time. Or I'm going to work with the time I have. Notice how those feel. Hopeful. Productive. Focused. See how that feels different than trying to force on a positive affirmation that just makes you feel unsure. So if you're thinking, I'm working with the time I have, I'm going to work with the time that I have, and that makes you feel driven, then what do you do? You probably sit down and strategize. You look at tasks you can delegate. You decide what's good enough versus perfection. You take action. You make sure to feed yourself. You maybe even notice some of the worries that are popping up in your head and you write them down to save for later. You, you might even block out time at the end of the day to worry so you can stay focused and driven on using the time you have to get things done. That is you creating a mindset that makes your time work for you. That is you taking control and owning your power. That is you letting your mind shift by shifting it from a place of stepping stones, a stepping stone approach, going from thinking there isn't enough time and feeling anxious to thinking I'm working with the time I have and feeling driven. And as you do that and you create that drive and you're taking action, you'll start to see how you're getting it done. And you'll notice that. And you'll think, oh, I'm getting things done. And that'll make you feel motivated. And now you went from anxious to driven to motivated. Notice how you're shifting as you're taking action, not from trying to force on a positive affirmation, not from trying a bunch of tools and tricks, but from changing how you feel and changing the way you think and that impacting how you take action and approach your day. This is how you make your time work for you. And what I offer to my clients is that this is something we can do regardless of if we're working for ourselves or if we're working in a corporation. This approach will help you. And I'm going to end this episode by sharing some specific mindsets that I find people who know how to manage their time and make their time work for them and feel really good about it, the mindsets that those people use. Because if you can see it, you don't have to try to force yourself to believe it right now, but you can start to build a roadmap there so that you can become that person with that mindset. It's not that far away. It's truly possible for you. So here are those specific mindset thoughts that somebody who has a well-managed mind around time would think. 
they would think something like, there's always enough time. So you might be wondering, how could somebody think that? Well, here's how. Whenever we argue with reality, we lose. So however much time we've been given must be enough time because it's what we've been given. The reality of it is, this is the amount of time there is. So it's enough because it's the amount of time that I've been given. If I argue with reality and say it's not enough, I lose because it must be enough because it's what I've gotten. It's just what there is. So somebody with a managed mind around time would think there's always enough time. They also would think something like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Even if they'd wanted to be farther along, even if everyone in their team is farther along than they are, they don't think they're behind. They think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Why? Well, because the reality is that's where they're at. So of course it's where they're supposed to be. It's where they are. Those with managed minds around time would also think my schedule works for me. I find a lot of my clients, they set their schedule and then they work for their schedule. And then they feel like the victim to the schedule and sometimes then they rebel against the schedule. They get mad at the schedule. But that's because they think they work for their schedule and that's backwards. Your schedule works for you. You set the schedule and it works for you and through you as you follow it, as you do the things on it and allow yourself to flex and make adjustments to it depending on what comes up, your inspiration, your intuition as well. So someone with a managed mind around time knows that their schedule works for them, not the other way around. They also believe that they get done what needs to get done. They get done what needs to get done. What this means is at the end of the day, if they didn't accomplish everything that they had planned to accomplish, they don't use that to beat themselves up. They decide, okay, I got done what needed to get done. How do I know? Because that's all that I got done. So it must be so because reality is what it is. That's how they know. So then, yes, they they look at what they did and they are holding themselves accountable to what happened in assessing what worked and what didn't, but not from a place of shame or feeling like they messed up because they know there's no way to mess up. They got done what needed to get done, even if they thought they needed to get more done initially. They didn't get more done, so they must not have needed to because the reality is they didn't. That's how they think about it. A managed mind around time also thinks about time from an ego versus divine perspective. What do I mean by this? Well, they believe that ego time, as in the time planned by our mind, our brain, our logic, that time is our guide. It's not our necessity. Because the way the mind schedules doesn't always align with the divine or what the universe has planned for us or what we attract. So whatever your religion or non-religion, atheist, agnostic, specific religion, whatever it might be, this can work for you. There's the time that you set and schedule, and then there's the time that actually happens. You set your goal that by the end of the month, you're going to have this in revenue and you don't get there. Okay. That was your guide. That was your ego placed time 
ego as in you set it, you scheduled it. Divine time might be, it takes two months, but guess what? It was always meant to take two months. You just don't know it because you are in your specific lens and your pinpoint of who you are in this moment. You're not seeing how all of it plays together at the same level that God or the universe or energy itself plays it out. So for you, you're thinking it'll be a month, but divine timing or universe timing is two months, but that's how it's meant to be because by having that extra month, you make all of this new insights or realizations about yourself or these new opportunities pop up that wouldn't have happened otherwise if you had forced it to a month. So they realize, those who have a well-managed mind around time realize that they can, yes, schedule and they can, yes, have goals and they can, yes, have a specific structure in place for what they want to get done and when they want to get it done by. But they use that as the guide, not as the absolute. And they don't make it mean anything's gone wrong if they don't achieve it by that time. Because ego time is their guide, not their necessity. The last thing I want to share about a well-managed mind around time is that MVP is the goal. Minimum viable product. MVP. What is this? It's the idea that you're not out there to make something utter perfection. You're out there to share what you do with the world. And if you're focused on making it perfect, you're missing your opportunity to make an impact. So we want to get it to the point where it is good. We're not saying, so share crappy work. No, share good work, the minimum viable product, meaning the product that is good quality accomplishes the goal consistently. It gets it done. It's not necessarily duct taped together. It's well maintained, but it isn't airbrushed to perfection either. You get it done. You get it out there so the world can benefit from it. That is how somebody with a well-managed time, mind around time, thinks about it. So I want you to think about where you're at along those beliefs. And if those thoughts I just shared, those mindset components that I just shared about somebody who has a well-managed mind around time, if those aren't matching or um, consistent with your own mindset, you've got some work to do. And it's okay. It's so good to notice. And you can get there. And if you want some help on the way, to seeing time in this way so that you can feel good and have fun as you're going, reach out to me. This is what I help my clients do. Let me help you to schedule a consult. Go to believeseed.com slash schedule and get yours booked now. All right, that's what I have for you today. Remember, the whole foundation of effective time management is mind management. This is good news because it gives the power back to you. You get to manage how you think, how you feel, and how you respond to your time. Thank you. Thanks for joining the episode today. And to celebrate the launch of this podcast, I am raffling some free prizes. 
First, access to my soul-filled self-confidence course. Second, access to my drop the need to people please course. And third, a readout with me to go over your Enneagram personality type. Now here's how you can be entered in to win one of these prizes. You'll rate or review or subscribe to my podcast, and then you'll send me an email at lisa at believeseed.com to let me know.